put that USB hub there? Oh, who put the hub in the thing? The, the, the USB thing? hub that's randomly connected to Zola. They couldn't update his computer, but they did give him a USB hub? Yeah, that does seem a little ridiculous. Yeah, I mean... It's Do you think like, that's USB 2.0? They I, couldn't even upgrade <laughs> him to 3.0? I don't know. Yeah. Do, do you think Zola needs a dongle? Do you think there are a bunch... I don't have an answer for that, but I, but maybe we should talk about. Do you the think Apple Zola scene. has a dongle? Do you think there's a drawer full of Zola dongles somewhere? I don't. I'm uncomfortable with this. Welcome to the Daily Screening Podcast. My name is Daily, as always, joined by my partner in uh, metaphysical crime, Bartholomew. Hello. Hello, Bart. You and know, I've been wondering something for a while. You uh, yes. say that every single time. Partner in crime? No, not that. Well, that too, actually. But, no, but the thing about your name, as always, is yes. Daily. Why the fuck would it change? That's, uh, that's a fair point. Uh, and also joining us, uh, the lovely Jamie. Uh, who's whisking away in the background. She's making a chocolate souffle, folks. Hello. Hello. Are we going to speak in rhyme the we, whole time? It, it, it just might be that time. No more rhymes. I mean it. I rhymed time with time. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> the circus peanuts make it festive. Oh, God. Uh, okay, so uh, we are here today. Uh, we took last week off because Jamie and I were uh, out of town. We went to see... Sir Patrick Stewart and Sir Ian McKellen on the Broadway, uh, doing some fabulous theater work. Uh, they were they were fantastic. They were amazing. They really were. Um, but we're back. We're back and better than ever. Uh, back with Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I've been calling it Captain America. Captain America. America. I think a lot of people are probably referring it as such. Uh, Captain America. Un- Fuck yeah. Unironically, probably. probably. Um, but, uh, yeah, okay, so, uh, I know Jamie and I have seen the first one many, many times, uh, we're, we're fans of the first movie. Bart, I don't know, when have we ever talked s- about this? I mean, uh, I've seen it repeatedly. Yeah, I, I, I mean, know you've seen it more than once. I feel like we oh, had a conversation yeah, yeah. about this where we, you said you liked Thor better we, than Cap. We did, actually, and it yeah. was, because the first time around, uh, I didn't care for Thor the first time around, and I really liked Cap the first time around. Now, when you and say the, that, is that a character judgment or the, the movies themselves? No, the themselves. movies. The okay. movies themselves. The second time around, Captain America fell a little flat for me, um, because there's no villain to speak of. And Captain America doesn't have a villain? Not really. What are you talking about? Captain America has like one of the best Marvel villains to date. And he is utterly wasted. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. I think he's. I mean, look. I think. I think the Red Skull is 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 fantastic. True, he doesn't get a lot of time to like throw down with Cap, but he's doing cool stuff. Like I I I dig it. I dig uh, it. I think. Yeah. I don't know. It just it didn't watch as well for me. Yeah, I, I mean, look, that's fair. And and part of that could well actually no, because well, I'm about to review what I'm about to say. So whereas Thor, I feel like, and we talked about this in an earlier podcast. Yeah. I I find that. In you know repeated viewings, I can cherry pick it more. Right, and we were actually just talking about this in reference to uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, which is there's a lot of things about both Thor and Spider-Man that just there's just a lot of things in those movies that don't work. But you sort of have that problem on the first viewing, and on the later viewings, you can kind of overlook the stuff that doesn't work because you already know it doesn't work, and you can just sort of pay attention to the things you like. Like, hey, that actor is really, Chris Hemsworth is fantastic, and yeah, this plot is kind of stupid, but isn't Loki a great character, you know? So did you feel like, were you sort of carrying that baggage into Winter Soldier? Were you, you, I mean, were you sort of walking into Winter Soldier a little skeptical? Like, I'm not fully, I'm not fully on board yet? No, not at all. Okay. And the reason being is that uh, we've had Cap in between. Avengers. So Avengers did a lot to sort of win you over. Yeah, and I think part of the problem for me is that I... I was thinking about this earlier, knowing that I was going to podcast this today. Mm. And I I think like you, I think I can safely say that, Mm. have developed something of a mild... Well, it's not a hatred, but... 
just kind of a blase, I don't give a shit attitude about origin stories. Yeah. I just don't care anymore. Well, and I mean, I feel, yeah, and I feel like perhaps we're, you Because know, what you get is you get a half a movie about origins and a half a movie that's a movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Batman Begins. Right. And I feel like perhaps we're in a, you know, a position where, you know, when I say we, I mean really, you know, that sort of geek nerd culture it's like we know these origin stories like we don't need to have them explained to us so unless you're going to do a twist on the origin story unless you're right. going to alter that sort of uh essential origin in some interesting way then it just sort of feels like going through the motions right. for us yeah um it's like yeah okay krypton and it explodes and superman comes and he gets adopted and blah 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 and you know, and then, and then, but then, you know, the flip side of that coin is that when they do make a big change, when they do something really different, nerd culture explodes and goes, I can't believe they changed things, you know? Yeah, we all freak out. Um, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't love so the you, first Cap. You were, but you were excited to see a non-origin story Cap. You were excited to see Cap kind of Being on, Captain, it's like, yeah, he on is Captain America, yeah. let's have a Captain America adventure. Yeah. The end. And that's what we got. And exactly. I really enjoyed it. Jamie, thoughts? I mean, I know, like I said, I know you're in the bag with Cap as, as, as yes, what I am. he is one of my favorite Marvel characters. And he, I did not know much about him until we went into the first Captain America movie. Okay. And I loved him from then. I just okay. thought he was amazing. Something about his earnestness. And because the thing is, I loved Steve. You know, before skinny became, Steve, yeah, skinny before Steve he became Cap. Love skinny because Steve because he could so easily, like having had the you know childhood and adolescence that he had, and now the adulthood that he's beginning to have. You know, being beaten down and made fun of and picked on and everything, he could be an awful, terrible human being. And instead, he maintains his sweetness and his earnestness and his you know good moral compass yep. and he is a good guy no matter what you know the guy that throws himself on the grenade when everyone else runs away so mm -hmm. i love that guy i can't help it yeah well that's you know and i think that's fair and i think that actually speaks to um one of the larger things that kind of works about the marvel universe um which is that all of their different characters and their different franchises they operate on totally different levels and you know, there's there's sort of something for everybody in the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. You know, like Cap might not be your bag, but if, if if Captain America isn't your guy, then hey, we've got a talking raccoon over <laughs> here, and there's a guy in a, in a metal suit over here, and hey, how about some Norse mythology on this side? You know, like there is, and not only is it just like oh, the characters are different, but the franchises really they have different tones and they really play out differently. And that yeah, was somehow they're in the same universe. Yeah, no, they still feel connected, which is which is pretty miraculous at the end of the day. Fascinating. Um, yeah, but and that was one of the things that really struck me overall with the Winter Soldier is that it really doesn't feel like a comic book movie. You know, no. I mean, it's a it's a conspiracy theory movie. It's a sort of a '70s style. Uh, espionage, you know, uh, you know, corrupt government kind of thing, and it just so happens that Captain America's in it. Yeah, the main character is a superhero. I mean, like, there's no, there's no denying the superhero elements to this. I mean, you know, there's a guy with a metal arm and another guy with a okay. falcon suit, did and you, like, there's, I mean, know? that stuff's all there. But the what the basic tenets of the story would work even if their main character wasn't superpowered. Yeah. You know, did you know? The story of the Winter Soldier before this, I knew the broad strokes, but I haven't read I Brubaker's say, I, run. I knew who the Winter Soldier was. I haven't read Brubaker's run on the comics, um, as, but I but I sort of know. I, I knew who the the identity of the Winter Soldier. I sort of knew the general uh, mechanics of the story. Right yes, no, we are super spoilery here no, on the Daily Screen podcast. Say, I thought it was really interesting the way. The trailers for this seem to take great pains to hide the identity of the Winter Soldier just because I remember reading when the first cap came out and people were talking about, like, in, I feel like almost every article I read about Captain America trying to orient people to who this person was, yeah. especially because he was one of the very first movies and a character that, you know, wasn't all that popular. So they were trying to explain to people who Captain America was and what his world was like and who his friends were like. And things like that. Yep. And I remember reading in almost every single article 
they were like, and his right-hand man is his best friend and his fellow soldier, Bucky Barnes, who later becomes the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Like, I feel like almost every article said that. So I was, you know, it was not surprising to me. I knew he was the yeah. Winter Soldier well, from the very beginning. And that's the thing. And, I, uh, you know, and I read a couple of interviews with the Russo brothers who directed this movie. And uh, their kind of line was, because, yeah, the commercials kind of, they you know, they didn't. There was a lot of stuff, a lot of the commercials sort of talk about, oh, the Winter Soldier, and he's a ghost, and all this sort of whatever. Um, and their sort of thing was, like, the identity of the Winter Soldier is out there, you yeah. know? Like, it's not a surprise to people. I mean, anyone who knows the comics knows who he is. And if you have a friend who knows the comics, then you probably know who he yeah, is, too. But, but it was a huge surprise to the woman sitting next to me. I was going to say, <laughs> I definitely... I definitely heard a lot of gasps, and I even said to our friend That woman Megan, was amazing. Our friend Megan, who went to go see the movie with us, who has read the books, um, I said to her later, I was like, were people surprised? Because, like, I'm not familiar with the comics at all, and I knew he was the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And yet, I feel like our theater, definitely, when his mask finally comes off, yeah. and Cap is, like, face-to-face -face with him for the first time, I feel like our theater definitely had a lot of, like, <gasps> type yeah. moments. Yeah, no, it was very, it was very bizarre. Uh, the Russo brothers, their line was basically that um, it's not necessarily a spoiler, a surprise to the audience, but it is a surprise to Cap, like within mm -hmm. the storyline. Like he goes most of the movie without knowing the identity, so it's a, it's a shock to him. But uh, yeah, the, the audience, it's not, it's not a big reveal. The woman next to Bart was amazing. She would have these <laughs> insane, over-the-top reactions to incredibly to, mundane yeah, things. Yeah, the most innocuous of revelations. She would just astounded and shocked it, it was in funny very vocal ways. Something would happen to somebody and she would go, oh, is he dead? <laughs> I was like, yes, he's dead. He got shot in the face. <laughs> like, were you paying it? We were just sitting in the noisy part of this yeah. theater. Uh, I really loved the sort of evolution of of Cap um, on on a real on a bunch of different fronts. Um, physically, I thought it was really great because it didn't feel like he was necessarily doing like martial arts or like parkour, like some crazy. But he was certainly he had evolved from just being like a brawler. You know, like he wasn't just like I'm gonna punch out Adolf Hitler. It was like I mean he had moves. Yeah. You know, like there was a he had a fighting style. Like clearly he had been trained. Well, that's I mean interestingly that's how the movie starts. He's training. Yeah. On your left. Yeah. Which is a, that's a that's a great bit. That's such a great little introduction. Yeah. Between him and him and Sam. It's it's I read like just now I'm interested just to see how you guys interpreted that just because I happen to read this article, but I read an article where in the comments people were specifically fixating on that moment, on that introduction between Sam and Cap. And a lot of people interpreted it as Cap being kind of a jerk. Like, because basically he is lapping Sam over and over and over and over. And sure. every single time he's like, on your left, on your left, on your left. And so some people thought Cap was being kind of a jerk. Like, all right, dude, we get it. Like, you're a thousand times faster than I am. Like, you don't have to keep rubbing it in my face. And then other people thought he was just being, like, playful and silly but I didn't interpret either of those ways. And maybe it's because of the way I feel about Cap, but I thought he was just like trying to stick to the letter of courteousness. You know, yeah. like he wasn't trying to make fun of him. He wasn't trying to like goof around with him or anything. It's yep. just like, that's what you do when you're running by someone is say on your left. Yeah. So even if you're passing them like six times because you have lapped them that many times, you still say on your left every time because that is runner courtesy. Yeah, there's like, no I mockery just, in his voice. I just voice. feel like that's Cap, you know? Like, he's not... But, like, a lot of people interpret it as, like, oh, he's just trying to have a lighthearted joke, but I didn't even interpret it that way. Yeah, I just no. Felt like, he's trying to be polite. He's no. trying to do what runners do. I agree. He's not being playful, and he's not fucking with him either. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, he's, it's very matter-of-fact, you know? Yeah. I took it the same way, actually. Yeah. I really did. I mean, there was a moment. Because it's Sam who's finally like, dude. But yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. Don't, but say like, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. But yeah. like, I don't think Cap was trying to do anything. I thought he was just like, oh, I'm passing the guy. On your left. Passing me On your left. But that's also, and it's got such a great turnaround at the end, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a, such a great little emotional, mo like a little quickie emotional beat there um, that really sort of cements their connection in a, in a great way. I think there's a great sort of language to the physicality of this movie. Um... And probably one of the best examples of that is that sort of uh, first mission that he goes on um, on the boat where he's got to stop uh, Batrock. Batrock, who is like actually a comic character, one of you know, so Cap doesn't really have a very deep 
rogues gallery. You know, he doesn't have a whole lot of super memorable villains the way like Batman or Superman does per se. Right. Well, at least until the Avengers. But, uh, but he, Batroc is one of Cap's sort of old school villains. And he, his name in the comics is Batroc the Leaper. He's a guy who jumps around and shit. Like, I think he has an acrobatics background or something like that. The Leaper. Batroc the Leaper. Like a Jags hood ornament. Yeah, paper. yeah, exactly. And and not only and and actually, his outfit in the movie is fairly close to his outfit in the comics. He wears like all like a purple jumpsuit with yellow stripes, oh, and really? it was kind of dark and muted colors in the movie. But it's, I mean, it's well, pretty, especially at that point, pretty there. Movie. Yeah, but but I also but like his their fight scene, it felt like, like yeah, no, you got the sense of him as like a guy. Yeah, he jumps around and he's. He's acrobatic, but it's not like, my superpower is jumping, which is ridiculous, you know? Well, um, it felt like a, like a very sort of smart yet kind of subtle uh, way to keep keep true to the, the origins of the character while still making him not feel ridiculous. Yeah. Speaking of villains, and mm. I don't know the answer to this question, what about Christopher Lee? It, 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 what 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 of him, sir? No no no, lead henchman number one. Every 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 top henchman I call Christopher Lee because he's always the number two bad. I guess that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Lord of the Rings, Sauron. he is Sauron's. Yeah, yeah. he's always and the Count best Dooku. Dooku. That's true. He, I guess that's right. Man, I hadn't even thought about it in those terms. Yeah, you're totally right. He is. So what what about the guy Frank Grillo? Who's yes. the, the lead uh, SWAT team guy or the yeah, lead shield guy? He's just an asshole. Yes. So, uh, and again, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. Uh, he's playing a character whose name I have forgotten. It's Rumlo or something like yes, that. Yes, I'll, I'll look it up. Go ahead. Uh, his character is actually, and that's a, it's a great little bit at the end. I kind of love that little montage at the end where there's just sort of quick snaps of like setting up characters for later movies, whether they be Cap movies or Avengers movies or whatever. You know, I kind of assume we're going to see uh, Maria Hill working for Stark in Avengers before Brock we see him in Rumlow. Cap. Yeah, Brock Rumlow. So Brock Rumlow um, in the comics was a different, was a character who was known as Crossbones. Um, and he, I believe, he killed Captain America at one point. Whoops. Um, and so I feel like, so that little, there's that little snippet at the very end where he managed to survive the big explosion of the building and they show him being sort of like brought on into a uh, hospital or something or put onto yeah. a medical bed and he's all like third degree burns everywhere. Uh, and so he's, he's somehow survived. So I kind of assume that he's going to be the villain in Cap 3, that that's sort of the quickie setup for him as the villain of Cap 3. Not to necessarily say that they're going to kill Cap in number three, but I assume that that's why they, they came, because he's never referred to as Crossbones yeah. in the movie, so I sort of assume that he's going to come back as Crossbones in, okay. in Cap 3. I'm very curious to see what they end up doing with, with, with Bucky later. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, he needs to be Captain America at some point, unless I'm mistaken. I think, yeah, I mean, I think that has happened. Yeah, I mean, well, well that certainly happened. Well, maybe that is what will happen, like, if they're going to, because Evans has got to be almost at the end of his contract, whereas Sebastian Stan has been contracted for, like, six or more movies. I feel like I remember reading six. Well, and yeah. this is only his second. They've so all... he very easily could take over the mantle of Captain America in Phase 3 or Phase 4. Yep. I mean, they, they could. I mean, I, Evans is going to last into three because he's, they're going to do, a, they'll do a Cap 3 and they'll do an Avengers 3. I can't believe that they would kill him before Avengers 3. Um, so. But they'll kill him in Avengers 3. Maybe. Um, bring in but, War I mean, Machine, he, bring in everybody. Yeah, that would be two, four. That would be six. Avengers 3 would be... Avengers 3 would be six movies for Chris Evans. Well, I know his Thor cameo I don't think was separate. Count. Yeah, I don't think his Thor cameo yeah, counts. That was, that was negotiated separately. Yeah. So that would be six movies for Evans, so that that might be his whole contract. Hmm. Um, what a fascinating time in movie history yeah, yeah. Right? we live. I love Nick Fury in this movie. They finally gave Nick Fury something worth do. doing, which yeah. is great. Um, he was just sort of, we were taking his badassness, like, on spec, and uh, here we actually get to see him throw down with some people, which was awesome. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, graphic, well, not graphic, but 
plainly violent deaths. I mean, oh, sure, I mean, yeah. I mean, people killing each other left and right, and heroes killing each other left and right, which I feel like we don't typically get. Yeah. Or if we do, they're, you know, aliens who are invading. True. And nobody gives a shit. Would you like to play a game? That's a great bit. And I was going to say, I actually really love the pairing of Black Widow uh, with Cap. I think it works so much better than Black Widow and, and Iron Man. Um, or Black Widow and Hawkeye. And Hawkeye. Well, I mean, they've got, they don't really dwell on them too much in Avengers. It's just sort of like these two characters have some history and, you know, whatever that history might be. I always thought it felt a little, I mean, I've watched Avengers repeatedly since then. And it, yeah, me too. It, and it still feels a little forced to me. Yeah. Because they don't have any chemistry. Yeah, yeah, no, it feels, yeah, you're, I mean, it feels a little, because, well, and also because, I think it's tough because we've, we, at that point, we've spent time with Black Widow a little bit, I mean, she's been in an Iron Man movie, so we at least sort of know her character, whereas Hawkeye is just sort of a guy that is. is introduced, and we don't really know anything about him, so, I mean, I don't think Renner's necessarily stiff, but that's sort of, his character is kind of a closed off button down guy yeah so we don't really get a lot of his history whereas we kind of got to see uh romanoff cut loose a little bit with iron man i always thought also the whole thing where she's super traumatized by her experience with banner or yeah. her first experience with the hulk that felt weird to me too i i just don't ever see black widow cowering in a corner yeah i don't know it just seems strange to me i don't know no matter all the other stuff you faced a hulk has always got to seem a little yeah no i know and that's, i mean I he's can just... so gigantic and he's so strong and you can shoot him and nothing will happen yeah like, that's got to seem a little terrifying yeah i mean i i Plus, I, wasn't she down a crushed leg like i yeah. feel like yeah. that'd be a little horrifying but it, it would be and i mean and for those reasons i can absolutely suspend my disbelief <laughs> yeah but yeah, anyway. but it feels like her, her pairing with Cap feels like a great sort of yin and yang kind of thing in that he's sort of the upright, you know, fighting for an ideal, very straightforward, give me a mission and we're going to do this because it's the right thing to do. Whereas she is a spy. Yeah, she's a spy. She is the expert at covert, you know, so like she's and she, Russian. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's all summed up so perfectly in that scene when they're in the mall and the the shield agents are kind of closing in on them and he's saying okay i see guys coming at our 10 o'clock like if they engage i'll punch this guy and you run that way and she's like just hold my hand it's fine like just do this and like laugh they at won't something that yeah I said. laugh at something i said just kiss me and they won't look like she knows how to actually operate in the world whereas he is sort of laser focused yeah exactly he wants to play in a strategy where she's like no people get uncomfortable when other people are making out in public yeah and sure enough like as soon as they start kissing the guy looks away yeah it's a it's a perfect and you don't have to bang everybody's you know over the head with it it's yeah. just sort of like it, it just sums the two of them up and but it makes for a great sort of playful back and forth and i love the running gag where she's constantly suggesting girls he should ask out on a date <laughs> because she's like trying to get him into the world a little bit um, but it's not just sort of like they have a big conversation about it and then whatever. It's just sort of like, no, she just sort of, she just sort of pokes at him every couple of minutes. Like, Hey, Hey, what about that girl? Yeah. Maybe she ask out that girl. He's like, I don't know. You know? Um, I think, she, I, and I think she's fantastic. I mean, I, I love, uh, I love Scarlett Johansson, but, uh, I think, I think she does, I think this is her best work in a Marvel movie for sure. I mean, they give her certainly the best stuff to do. Um, True, that, but yeah. Every, yeah, but all of that feels like I mean, all of most of her stuff in Avengers is very sort of. And even her thing at the beginning with Banner when she goes to get Banner and then her intro scene in Avengers, right? Still like so much, right? In the chair. But a lot, the, the, all of those things sort of take place within the context of like a mission kind of thing. Like she's trying to accomplish an objective. Whereas here, we felt like we kind of got to see more of her as a person, just as a character. We sort of, it, it felt like this rounded her out a lot more than everything we've seen before. I don't know that I agree that we see her more as a person. I feel like she's always on a mission in this movie. Like, from the very beginning, she's on a mission. She's trying to get things done, whether it's, like, the smaller mission on the ship or whether it's now she's aligned herself with Cap in the face right. of all these, like, you know, all these betrayals. That Like, I feel like she's always, like, going after a goal. She's never just, like, sitting around. That's No, it's not that she's just sitting around, but... You know, cat. She has to present herself as like a real, you know, straight like person in order for Cap to trust her. You know, she can't just be 
the spy on the mission accomplishing her objective because then, you know, Rogers wouldn't trust her and he would just think, that, you know, she's playing me. Well, so especially the, after that bit at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. So she's got to open up to him and, and sort of present herself as just, you know, a, a normal human uh, in, in a way that we haven't really seen before. And that's why he says, you know, I, now I trust you, you know. Um, but I, I think I think she's I think she's fantastic. And for me, it was actually super weird because I had just right before, uh, a couple days before we saw Cap, I had just seen her in uh, Eight Like a Freaks. No, Under the Skin, where she plays a very different character, and it's super weird and super trippy. Um, so like seeing that swing. It's crazy. It's like it was like when we went to when we saw McKellen do that crazy swing from No Man's Land to Godot in one day. You're, it's just it's mind boggling. Um, that's that's a it's a great sort of show of the range of her. I mean, I feel like she kind of I feel like she gets kind of gets written off a lot for whatever reason as being not really that serious of an actress anymore. It's and I her fun. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. Well, I, I don't get it. I think she's fantastic. I've just never, and I said this to Megan after the movie. I feel like I've never disliked her. Like I think she's perfectly capable. But I had never, I had never left a movie thinking like, oh my god, Scarlett Johansson, she was incredible. I feel like most of the times I see her, I could picture almost any other actress in her age range and in her like tier of you know hiring yeah um doing the same role you know mm-hmm. like and the one thing that stood out for me though was don john like i thought she was incredible in don john I yeah, she, she feels like a very perfect. different person in that movie yeah, yeah i thought she was perfect it was the first thing i've ever seen her in where i was like i can't imagine anyone other than her in that role sure. she was That's so fair. pitch perfect from beginning to end she was flawless even with like with widow I like Widow. Yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with her performance necessarily. You like that I just really like the way they've written the character, and I think she's a really interesting character. But for example, from what I've heard, Emily Blunt was their first choice yep. to play Widow, and I would have been perfectly happy with Emily Blunt too. Absolutely, like, I love her. I don't her. think Scarlett Johansson has done anything like amazing with the character to the point that I can only picture Scarlett Johansson in the character. If mm-hmm. something happened where she needed to be recast. I wouldn't, like, cry about that, sure. you know? Um, but Don John, I think she was amazing. Yeah. How do we feel about Arnon Zola, the man in the computer? Because <laughs> I kind of... I mean, look, anytime you can make a War Games joke, I'm on board, <laughs> you know? Like, that's an easy way to win me over. But, I mean, that that kind of threw me for a loop a little bit. Um, I mean, I love the idea of it and this, like, underground bunker and all of these old machines running on, you know, magnetic tape and, like, you know, 60s-style computers. Um, But something about it, I I didn't... I I dug it in the moment, but afterwards, when I was thinking about it, I realized, you know, it felt like it's one of the weaker scenes in the movie, I feel like, because it is your sort of standard um, info dump. It is your mid-movie, not exposition, but it's the things have been going on in this movie without a lot of explanation, and somebody just needs to come along and lay it it all out and explain to the main character what's been happening so that the audience can can play along too. And, I mean, look, doing it with a, you know, a ghost trapped in a computer is great, but it's just like the very fundamental nature of that scene kind of rubs me the wrong way. Uh, where it sort of feels like there's real, we couldn't come up with a more elegant way to do that than to just have a character stop and explain everything for five minutes. I, like I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't know necessarily know how to do that better. It just feels like it. It just feels like one of those things. Where it's like wow, we haven't gotten we haven't gotten over this yet. We haven't figured out a better way to do this yet. I also, and this is connected to what you're saying. I mean, I I don't have a strong feeling about the Zola and the computer thing either way. But I did. I was very surprised that Hydra was the villain. Yeah. Like, I just, I never saw that coming back. I didn't think that that, how do you, like, I can understand if you're trying to talk about, like, modern day corruption in politics and people going to the highest bidder and stuff like that. But really, a Nazi organization has infiltrated every single corner of American politics and intelligence. Like, 
of any group I could possibly imagine who is not going to win over allies in the U.S. no matter how much they're willing to pay or whatever. It's going to be the Nazis. Yeah, and so I just like don't understand how now suddenly Hydra is the major villain. Like that kind of jarred me a little. It's bit. true. If you substituted in the word Nazi for the word Hydra, that all that would all seem pretty ridiculous. I do. I do kind of agree with you. Like picturing you know U.S. senators whispering, yeah, hail Hydra. Like, yeah, whispering Hitler, Heil Hitler to CIA agents. Yeah, yeah, like twenty. Like, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense to me. I agree, but I think it also kind of hails back to that, you know, Cap doesn't have a lot of villains all by himself. And I think that, I think Marvel is, uh, and I'll be, I'll be curious to see how it plays out with, uh, with Avengers, um, and even on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for that matter, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but I'll be, cur- I'll be curious to see how it all plays out in the larger picture, because I feel like it's sort of, Marvel's probably in search of, you know, uh, a, a enemy organization, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the the mirror image, the dark mirror of Shield. Someone who can be sort of the overarching villain. I mean, obviously they've set up Thanos as the sort of Avengers big bad for like two movies from now. Yeah. yeah, but you know, the, there's that there's some sort of more tangible, concrete, smaller scale, like larger overarching threat that can, you know, spin across multiple movies or whatever. I mean, just like, uh, you know, Bond had Spectre. Um, I think part of it is also just part of what makes Cap so interesting is the whole man out of time thing and trying to figure out where he fits. And I feel like it's enough of a wrench to hand him the fact that Bucky is still alive. Like, sure. his, you know, here he is, a man who thinks everyone he knows and everyone he loves is either dead or about to die mm-hmm. or very old. Um and, and now, how sorry, but how great is that? Peggy Carter, I know. I know cool. it's such a wonderful um, scene, and something I was kind of expecting to see for a minute in Avengers, but I, I think I did plan it and it got cut. Yeah, so I know, but I'm I'm glad it was here. I feel like it's such it feels so much more yeah. uh, appropriate here than in Avengers. But I just feel like it's one thing to already be like, okay, by the way, your best friend is not only still alive, but he's also still young like you, and he's got powers like you, and you know now you have all this stuff in common. But to then be like. That major foe that you fought from the 40s is still here and still needs you to fight. Like, I feel like you kind of removed the whole man out of time element. Like, he might as well be back in the 40s now. Like, same villain, same friends, same everything. I think maybe that was the point. Yeah. It it makes it more of a direct villain to him. He's the one who's best equipped to fight this guy. No, but the thing is, I feel like, and I haven't read a lot, or any Captain America, but I have seen some of the Avengers. Yeah, I've seen this all on the movie. I don't know what the book is. I have seen some, you know, Avengers cartoonage Mm. um, over the past few years, just on Netflix once in a while. And I feel like that that was the big problem with Captain America joining the Avengers. uh, And I don't mean movie Captain America, I mean cartoon Captain America, and I'm assuming that that's closer to comic book Captain America. Probably. Um, is that he needed a way, he needed a device to get back in the world, and he and in this movie anyway, he, he was searching for purpose for a yeah. lot of it, and that's what they gave him. Mm-hmm. They said, yeah, you know, like, like you just said, you know, this is, your, your villains are here, your friend is here. It's, you're not a man out of time. You still have a purpose. You're still Captain America. People still follow you the way they did Mm -hmm. when you were younger. Absolutely. And there it is. Yeah. And, and, oh, by the way, as far as Zola, I had a moment of, what? (laughs) Like, like spelled W-U-T period. Mm -hmm. What? And then, and then she made the war games joke, and then all was right with the world. And I said, this shit is just stupid enough to work. Yeah. No, I love it, and and uh, so you, Bart, you don't really watch uh, the Agents of Shield show, right? No, I've never seen it. Yeah, so Jamie and I have been watching. It's not great, but it's like just vaguely. We like Coulson enough to keep watching, oh. basically. And I like Where Melinda was he? May. And you like Melinda May? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Melinda May is good. Where was Coulson the well, whole he time? He died. As far as the Avengers know, he's dead. Yeah, he can't pop back up. They think he's dead. Well, I don't know, but but he's he's. On the show. Yes, he's yes. alive. He's the main character of the show, essentially. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I they, think... They've even referenced on the show, because, like, for example, they had Lady Sif from Thor on an episode of The Avengers, and when she sees Coulson, she remembers him from New Mexico, and she remembers hearing that he died, 
And so when she sees him, she's very taken aback. And he just says to her very briefly, like, yes, I know I'm not dead. Please don't tell Thor. I'd rather him hear it from me. And she was like, all right, as a friend, you have my word. Yeah. So okay. it's like, as far as the Avengers know, he's dead. I oh, feel see, like I did not know that. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think, was like wondering where the fuck, because I knew yeah. that he's alive on the show, but yeah. I've never seen the show. I think their career, they're setting up a, a, a reveal, reveal in, in probably Avengers yeah. 2 where he yeah. Yeah. comes back. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, guess what? Which will be really interesting because, so that, you know, that's the thing with the show is that it hasn't been... You know, most of the stories have been kind of standalone-y, and they sort of introduced some comic characters, but none of the really sort of, like, big, big guys. Yeah. And there hasn't been a lot of sort of, like, through lines, you know, um, throughout, th you know, running through the whole series, or running through the whole season. Um, a little bit with Deathlock, but they haven't really hit that ball solidly yet. Yeah. Um, but... This one, this the episode that aired right before Cap. So when they did Thor, uh, when Thor came out, they did an episode. The episode right after it sort of started with them sifting through Think rubble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it was sort of like, oh, yeah. Thor was here, and now there's rubble, yeah, and we need to look we at it. To take care of it. Yeah, and that was sort of it. Whereas this one, they because it's Agents of Shield, and Cap is working for Shield, and sort of the fundamental shakeup of Shield yeah. that comes out of this movie, it feels like they, there's no way they cannot acknowledge yeah. that or have a well, huge impact on I that mean, show. I mean, and I were talking about this, they did seem to, like, plant that that's what they're going to do now that Cap has come out because they did put one of their characters at the Triskelion yes. in this episode. So the... And so she's basically ooh. sitting at the Triskelion, and now in the movie of Cap, which just came out this week, all this stuff is going down at the Triskelion, and so now they're probably going to, next week on S.H.I.E.L.D., it's going to be like, oh, well, I was there when all that Captain America stuff went down. Yeah, so. I, would, I almost wouldn't be surprised. I'd be curious to see if they actually try to do sort of like showing us things that are happening while Cap was yeah, going like on. Like, like she's doing things off in a around. side room yeah. while, hey, Cap's busting through the third floor or whatever, you know? What network Ooh. is Emily Van Camp's TV show yeah. on? Could they borrow Emily Van Camp? Yeah, it's ABC. It's all ABC. Yeah. There you go. She could be your tie-in. Uh, the guy Sitwell, the sort of bald guy with the glasses who's yeah. the traitor. Yeah. Um, he, you know, so he's shown up in, he was shown up in Avengers for a minute and he's been in a bunch he's of them. Avengers? Yeah, he, he, I mean, he was on the Helicarrier at one point. He he's was? been in oh, okay. uh, Marvel one-shots with Coulson. Um, he's been sort of a minor S.H.I.E.L.D. character. Um, and he has showed up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a couple of times. And uh, like midway through the episode before Cap, they literally are like, all right, he needs to go to the Laurentian Star, whatever the name of the boat was. Yeah. And he goes off to the boat. And then at the beginning of the movie, they're like, oh, Sitwell's on this boat, blah, 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 also, blah. Which came right out of the episode. Was that the only one who... Because again, don't watch the show. This is the first time I've heard his name. Yeah, I remembered. Not that they're I like, why it. are they making a big deal out of this no, guy? No, well, no, not only that, but his name being Sitwell, I was like, where's his toupee <laughs> and his eyebrows? There you but, go. But uh, yeah, no. So I'll be. I mean, obviously, he does not survive that movie. So I'll be curious to see how that sort of plays out on the show going forward, especially since he was kind of Coulson's buddy. Yeah. Well, it'll also be interesting to see just because now it's like Shield has more or less been. Kind of discredited. Yeah, I mean, it's been disassembled, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's like completely destroyed. So, what is that going to mean for the TV show? Yeah, I mean, I assume that the team's going to be sort of all to, on the run. Yeah, they do seem to weave the movies and the TV show together and yeah. because, you know, the Marvel cinematic you know, universe, universe yeah. has been plotted out so far in advance. The TV show has to know about it. And so, oh, they yeah, have no. To be plotting their episodes in tandem. Yeah, we'll so. be it'll be curious to see. I mean, Fury, uh, you know, Sam Jackson showed up early on in the series in like the first or second episode. Yeah. You know, I, I it feels like, you know, I might we might see him show up maybe to be like, "Colson, this is what's going on. I need you guys to do this and sort of give them a direction." I mean, there's not that well, much left saying, in the I season, feel like so. Emily Van Camp is your like perfect connection now Probably, yeah. She was in the movie just enough that you know she's like a good shield agent who's like loyal to Cap and stuff. And she is not above doing TV. She's yep. on TV right yep. now, and she's apparently on the same network. So you might as well toss her on to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a couple episodes just to, like, help scooch things along. Exactly. And the other thing that we're curious to see is, you know, so it seems fairly evident to anyone who's been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., certainly after having watched that episode right before the movie, that Zola is almost certainly the clairvoyant, which is sort of the character that they have the sort of big bad working in the shadows throughout the the first season. Very long story short, he's this guy who supposedly was presented as like a psychic, has psychic yeah. powers, 
um, knows everything about them, but then in this most recent episode, they realize probably is not psychic, probably working for S.H.I.E.L.D. and just has access to all of their files. Mm. Um, so or both. They, so yeah. they've been, like, trying to figure it out, but in this most recent episode, they thought they had the clairvoyant, and the guy they thought was the clairvoyant never directly speaks to them. He only speaks yeah, to them Yeah, he's, like, comatose, catatonic kind of thing, yeah. And yeah, and so now it seems like, well, wouldn't it have to be Zola? Like yeah. he's in all the computers. Of course, he has all the information, and he would speak to them through computers. Right. So it seems like that's a good way to tie it. Together. And even though the movie sort of presents Zola as having been destroyed when the bunker blows up, like he's in the computer. He's in the computer. Yeah, he has he's to have uploaded himself to the yeah. internet, right? Or if anything, they were saying you know, a lot of articles were speculating maybe he connected himself to the USB key when they plugged that in. It's possible. So. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I but it feels like. Toby Jones could show up in a voiceover role on Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. That does not seem outside the realm of possibility. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it'll be kind of curious to see, I mean, if, if how, how much they play with that, basically. Um, if anything, I mean, even just the fact that all these things are possibilities yeah. is part of what makes Marvel so interesting right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And the that's... Fact that they have so many things going on, but they've plotted it out so well, and it all joins together so well that you yeah. can actually sit and have these conversations. And that's the thing. And I was going to say, like, you know, I've been thinking for the last couple of weeks, like, whoever they sort of reveal the clairvoyant to be, I was sort of had taken the position of... Well, no, I had said there's, there's no way it's not going to be disappointing at this point. Like, you know, it's like probably going to be super lame. The clairvoyant? Yes. He's famous, and he's on that show, and he's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, and I feel like that seems to be a way you would get a famous, mostly movie actor to do an arc on your TV show. Be like, oh, by the way, you're going to be revealed as the big villain. Oh, no, I assume he's, it's Arnold Zola. I assume that Zola's well, going to be a clairvoyant. I assumed it was Zola since I saw the movie. Before that. Oh, oh, you're saying before that. Sorry. But I'm I, saying, I, I misunderstood. I also, I'm also saying I don't want to get my hopes up and think they've perfectly linked these things and, and Zola's going to be the clairvoyant because I feel like that's probably why Bill Paxton is. There. <laughs> no, I don't. I disagree. I don't think that's why Bill Paxton was there. In fact, I was going to say I sort of assumed that I was going to be disappointed by whoever the clairvoyant was eventually revealed to be. But this, I've been I feel assuming like assuming it was Bill Paxton this whole time. No, see, I think this is actually way better. Like the because this this feels like the promise of that show actually realized. Oh, no, I would you know? much prefer it to be Zola. I'm yeah. just saying I don't want us to get like super hooked on this idea and then when it turns out to be Bill Paxton. Um. I don't have a lot more else I want to say. Well, okay. We haven't really talked about Falcon, like, at all, other than the run-by scene. No, that's fine. I think he's fantastic. Uh, I Like, I hope we see lots more of him. I mean, I, I assume mean, I we'll see him. Yeah, no, me too. I assume we'll see him again in Cap 3. I wouldn't mind seeing him for a bit in Avengers. I don't yeah, think we're going to, but, yeah, I'd love to see him for, like, a minute, even if it was just, like, not necessarily him in the Falcon suit, just, like, He's hanging with Cap when mm-hmm. Cap's got to go do some shit, you know. Like it'd be be nice to see him there because mm-hmm. I think I think they have a great chemistry as well. And you know, and again, it's that sort of almost in a way the opposite of uh, of Widow, where Widow is sort of the spy and Cap is the soldier. You know, Falcon is also he's a, another soldier. Yeah, he's so, a soldier. He's yeah. sort of the modern soldier, but uh, you know, he has that same sort of higher morality, like that he you know he gets Cap. You know? yeah. And I think he also presents a really interesting way to remind Cap that while he's not in his own time and while he's lost a lot, he still has a lot in common with people. Like, he, mm-hmm. you know, when Cap goes to Mackie's support group for yes. soldiers yeah. and for all the things that they're dealing with, having been through all these tours in the Middle East and everything, I think that's such an important thing to show you know, we're all in this together and we all have similar experiences and we all know what it's like and we all know what loss is like and you really do have people here who get you even if we don't, like, know your exact experiences. Yeah. No, I agree. I think he, I think he's fantastic. I hope, we, I hope we see lots more of him. Yeah. Um, I really loved this movie just sort of, again, you know, not even necessarily as a comic book film, but just, you know, it's a great sort of espionage movie, you mm-hmm. know? Um, it's also an action movie. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about the action scenes? Crazy action! Look, look, the Russo brothers are incredible. That is, that might be one of the best hirings. I like that. That's so smart on Marvel's behalf because they get humor and they get action so well. And I love 
just the concept of them coming out of something like Community and then doing Captain America and then doing Captain America and and really going, I mean, raising the bar like by that, a mile. That's that scene where he's on the on the motorcycle mm-hmm. and the jet attacks. He, him. he oh takes out God. a plane. Holy shit! Yes, <laughs> nothing. It was that was. I mean. We both had a vocal reaction. I mean, to you that. and I. I mean, for, for all we complain about the lady next to me and the boys behind us. Yeah, we you were, and I yeah. had all moments. Yeah. Well, I think we reacted just as vocally. Just I feel like we reacted to better stuff. Well, <laughs> yeah. This is the Veronica Bar snobbishness all over again. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, no, it was great, and and I loved, uh, you know, and they brought in, uh, yeah, no, they they had a the casting. The casting of Robert Redford is really sums up everything because it's it brings all of this sort of he brings all this history with him. I was almost you know? amazed, I'm almost amazed that they got him. Yeah, I mean he's Robert Redford. Well, and it's because just a couple days ago I watched a movie that Redford uh, directed called The Company You Keep, where he plays a former mev- member of the Weather Underground who's sort of been on the run, and um, and in a way it sort of felt like. You know, stuff like, you know, all of these sort of older movies that he did, like Three Days of the Condor, where the, the sort of 70s espionage kind of things, this sort of felt like a modern sort of the aged version of that, where it's like, I'm not a young guy, like, trying to take down the system. He's like an old guy who is just trying to keep his head above water, basically. Yeah. And so, like, having him in that role in this movie, like, it just, it lends a whole air of authenticity that just doesn't come with with another actor you know mm-hmm. um and it, it, it the stuff and they're and they're a great sort of you know those sort of 70s conspiracy theory type movie you know beats in the movie like uh when when fury comes to cap's apartment and they're talking but he's giving him he's showing him the text on his phone i mean that's vintage shit yeah. right there i mean yeah. it's I, I loved all of that stuff. I mean, and that's why I feel like this is going to be one of those movies that I will watch over and over and over again uh, because it works on, it doesn't just work as like a superhero movie, you know? Like, I love the Avengers and I will watch the Avengers anytime at the drop of a hat, but that's like a big, like, oorah, superheroes doing awesome shit kind of movie. Yeah. Whereas this sort of feels like a whole other beast, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I like, and I mean, not that I was surprised that Redford turned out to be a villain. I feel like that was, you know. I think we all saw that coming. Well, yeah. And um, but I was just gonna say, I feel like I like, and it's one of those things that it's like I like it now, but if it starts happening just over and over and over to the point where it becomes the usual thing, I won't like it as much. But I do like the way that Iron Man three and this movie and Frozen. Um, have done this interesting thing where it's like the person hey, hey, you're, seen the person yet, no you're led to believe is the villain is not the villain. You know? Yeah. Like, I feel like all the trailers for this, it's like, oh, the Winter Soldier is the villain, but he's not. You know, like, he's a he's a hired gun, basically, sure. and he's as much a victim as anybody else. You know, Redford's the villain. Yep. Hydra's the villain. Uh-huh. See, um, I don't know. Winter I... Soldier's not the villain, just like in Iron Man 3, Mandarin's not the villain. Yeah. You know? I never thought that Winter Soldier was going to be the villain. Well, I thought like he was in the marketing. The way, like they don't, I was gonna say, yeah. like, because I know it's Bucky. Obviously, I didn't think it was gonna be like, oh, they're actually gonna like try to kill each other or anything. But definitely, like the way it's marketed is, you're supposed to think the Winter Soldier is the villain. I don't know if I mentioned it to you, Jamie, on the car ride home, but I, I know I mentioned it to Bart as we were leaving um, a while back, about a month or two back before the movie came out. There was a big rumor swirling around that everyone was like, oh, this could be a big, huge potential spoiler. And the rumor was that Redford was going to be revealed to be the Red Skull. I read that after the fact that a lot of people thought that that was going to be the Yeah. I mean, in, in truth, the uh, story that sort of leaked that out was completely ridiculous. It was in the context of, oh, there, here are track listings for the no, Captain America Winter Soldier score. And one of, the, one of the tracks was called Alexander Pierce is the Red Skull. But then it also listed all the rest of the tracks as all the other tracks and names that were listed were also the titles to Police Academy movies. So, like, the whole thing seemed completely ridiculous. Um, but, I mean, 
would would you have dug that? I mean, would you have liked to see the Red Skull? No, I mean, do you want? Would have been like, why are all these people still alive? Yeah, but I do feel like we're going to see the Red Skull He's again. Back. He's absolutely. I mean, he clearly got disbelief to a certain extent. Right. When like everyone from the Captain America movie seems to still be alive, then you're just kind of like, what is going on? Well, you lose the man out of time element to yes. the Cap at that point. But it, it, I mean, it felt like very clear that you know when when the skull died on the on the sh on the plane that he really he clearly got sucked up into uh up into a rainbow bridge up into the the bifrost into a, a bifrost gate to somewhere else so i'll be really curious to see where he ends up how they end up bringing him back i feel like there's no way they don't bring him back no he's totally coming back so yeah i'll be curious to see how that i mean i mean even before thor i assumed he was coming back yeah I mean, you can't have a death like that the only way he can have a death that i'm gonna believe and, I, and even then i probably won't is if he falls into the standard sci-fi bottomless pit yeah there were some other great little quickie cameo kind of things. Danny Pudi, fabulous. Yes. Like nice to see the Russo brothers bringing him in for community. And he didn't even really get like a big gag. He just sort of had like a little, like two lines. And he did a little funny finger point thing, which was good. Uh, Pat Healy, I got really excited to see Pat Healy as one of the Winter Soldier's doctors. Um, Pat Healy, who's so good in uh, Cheap Thrills and Bart. I, I'm really excited for you to see Cheap Thrills with me next weekend. Mm -hmm. You're, you're going to lose your shit, and it's going to be really fun. I typically do. I yeah. don't really know where I find it again during the week. Yeah. But, well. But it's great. Mm. Uh, I also really liked, kind of throwing it back, I really liked uh, the the scene, and there, I mean, there were a couple of instances, but really it's that, it's that one scene uh, where we get to see Skinny Steve again. Yeah, and I feel like Skinny that, Steve. Skinny Steve, I look, I love Skinny Steve, but I feel like the effect is so much, works so much better this time than in Cap. I mean, like, and I yeah. just watched Cap again over the weekend sort of to get myself ready. Yeah. And, uh, and. Did you watch Avengers also? No, I just watched, uh, I watched it on the bus to New York last weekend. Oh, okay. Um, and so I felt like, and you know, I, there are, there are some scenes in that movie where Skinny Steve works beautifully and there are some scenes in that movie where Skinny ridiculous. Steve yeah, feels a little off like his head just doesn't feel like connected to his body yeah. but I thought I thought he looked flawless I thought he looked great mm. I also can't believe that I was the only one in our entire theater seemingly we talked about this who yeah. laughed at the the Pulp Fiction joke at uh, Nick Fury's grave see I would have caught it on the second time around because what happened was it was, it was only up for just long enough. Yeah. I was reading the name on the grave. Yeah. And if, you know... You didn't get to the second line no, down. No, I, yeah. I, I, it, was, it was gone like just a hair too fast. And, it, and maybe that was on purpose because the second time around, I absolutely would have caught that. Yeah. And I would have laughed my ass off. Yeah. I think it's... I, I mean, it's, it's a great little throwaway gag where if you don't... I mean... If, for whatever reason, you don't know that gag. It doesn't feel out of place or weird, but if, it's a, it's if a, you know it as you should, it's hilarious. Yeah, and I couldn't Easter believe egg. that in that huge IMAX theater we were in, I was the only person who laughed out loud. That w It seemed preposterous to me. Well, strange, 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 strange things are afoot at the Circle K. What about Stan Lee? I thought he was gonna. I, I really thought he was gonna drop an f bomb in this one. <laughs> I don't know if Stan Lee wants to drop an f bomb. No, I'm on sure camera. he doesn't. I'm glad yeah. that he didn't. But I, I but because <laughs> he he has one line and it's I am so fired. Yeah. But he lingers on the yeah, f yeah. just long just enough. Long I was enough. like, is he gonna wait he's a minute? He's teasing you. He's teasing you. I think it's that time. Uh, we've we've lost Jamie at this point. We had to do a little quick pause and edit there. Uh, it's Jamie's. Going into heavy souffle making modes, we've moved into the other room to avoid the sound of the stand mixer. But uh, it's time, it is that time, okay. sir. Well, Heart of the Ghostbusters. Well, 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 let's do Jamie's first. The Heart of the Ghostbusters. Who do you want to hang with? Who do you want to have a drink with uh, in Who's Captain America the Winter Soldier? Jamie's, Jamie's going with the protagonist. Which we really don't, haven't really done very much. I think Bar, uh, Jared went with uh, Goose. No, he eventually went with uh, Jeff Goldblum. So we still really haven't had a protagonist. Yep. Um, no, well, you and I certainly have not. No. Jamie, Jamie says Cap. Jamie wants to Jamie wants to drink with Cap, which is an interesting conundrum because Cap can't get drunk. Uh, as was established in the first movie. His cells regenerate too quickly. He can't get drunk. Yeah. So that's a long drink, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a fair point. He's awesome. So 
Yeah. But we, it's sort of the unspoken rule. We always go with a sort of side character. Yes, we do. Uh, Bart? Today will be no different. Well, who, who do you have? Well, today we're going to, I don't know if you want to go first, but you're going to play a little game that I like to call Guess the Heart of the Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, sir. You want to give me a clue? No. You want to give me anything? No. Well, it's not Cap. It's not Cap. Okay, good. Uh, is it the man in the computer? Yes, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Artem Zola, the man in the computer? Who else would I pick? Seriously. Obviously, we've been friends for a long time, because you got that on the first go. Of course. Holy shit. That's, I'm impressed with myself right now. I'm impressed with you, too. But, I mean, tell me you wouldn't want to. Yeah. Well, All but can he have a drink? Is this a metaphorical drink at this point? He's, he's my beer buddy. He's I might have a drink while listening to him vociferate. <laughs> he does have, like, 90 years worth of history to, to dwell he, upon. And he loves to just talk. Clearly. And you can punch him in the face, mm -hmm. and he will say something pithy. Yep. And on you go. Off you go. Yeah, no, I can't. I, look, I can't Can't argue. I can't argue with Arnim Zola. Uh, I, I mean, I loved him in the first movie, in, in First Avenger. I think he's I think he's fantastic. I mean, I, I love Toby Jones, so. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Falcon. I think I, I'm going to go with Sam. I thought you might do that. I think he's, I mean, I think he's, he's fun he's got a good sense of humor um he's clearly a badass he's got a wingsuit he's he does, got a wingsuit he does which means that eventually he's gonna get drunk enough to go hey man let's go. i got a wingsuit <laughs> let's fly around in the wingsuits yep that's a terrible idea yeah terribly awesome until you die yeah probably what's but the, what's, still what's computer guy gonna do to you uh, let's jump to some current events uh bart is there anything you know you heard over the last week that uh Particularly tickled your fancy? Do you want to chat about? There I is. Got some, I got some. I got some topics. I got some thoughts. There, there's some more Godzilla stuff came out. There's plenty, plenty more Godzilla. I'm always excited about more I'm Godzilla. Very excited about Godzilla. Uh, I think probably the one of the biggest things that happened since last time we recorded uh, the. Ninja Turtles trailer. Oh my god. Oh god. Oh, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Did you see... There was something floating around the internet about Reddit, the guy. Reddit, the noses? Yes. Yes. It's so much better. It's so much better. So, so... Dear god in heaven. So the trailer for Ninja Turtles was released, and um, it just feels like he... It just feels like Bay... I mean, he's not directing this one. He's producing, but it's just I feels don't like, care. I don't care. Well, it feels like a larger issue of, you know, we have the rights to this thing, so let's try and make it cool without really remembering why people liked it to begin with, you know? That trailer scared the shit out of me. The turtles look like giant babies, look giant green mutant baby things, and I couldn't play, put my finger on exactly what it is that felt so weird about them until, until a, guy, a guy on Reddit took a couple of screen caps, and he did the simplest thing in the world. He added snouts onto them. He gave them turtle noses. He gave them their old faces. Yeah, like they, they always had in the cartoons and the comics and the, even, and the movies, even the, the live action movies, even the crappy live action TV shows. Yeah, I think. they looked like turtles, and that's what was so weird is that they didn't look like turtles anymore. They looked like green skinned people without noses. Yeah, their heads are a little too narrow. Yeah, and they don't have they noses. They have lips, which are weird. That's yeah. It just didn't, it didn't quite feel right. And yes, this guy put noses on the internals and all of a sudden you're like, oh, now I, all of a sudden it was like, I have no problem yeah, with Yeah, now this. it's like, yeah. All of a sudden yeah. they look right. They look like Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And it, and you know what? You're right. Because it, it boils down to the same problem we all had with, with Transformers. Yeah. Which is that they like, didn't look like the Transformers no, anymore. No, they, they didn't. looked like giant clockwork monstrosities yeah. and they didn't feel like yeah. you've changed the fundamental look of the characters to such a degree that they no longer feel like the reason we all watched them in the beginning. Yes. They, no they no longer feel like the characters we all fell in love with. Right. There's something completely different yeah. and worse. Yeah. Different and worse. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Um, but did, I don't know if you heard the, uh, the casting news that came out uh, about a couple, a couple days afterwards. Oh, um... Johnny Knoxville is going to be doing the voice of Leonardo... That I did not hear. And Tony Shaloub is going to be doing the voice of Splinter. I kind of am okay with Shaloub. Well, I'm always kind of okay with Shaloub. Yeah. Because I like him so much. And I actually, generally, I, I like Knoxville. I feel like he's wrong for Leonardo. I feel like if he was Michelangelo, why, I'd be okay is, with why that. Why is this a but, Men in Black 2 reunion? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It seems to be shaping up that way. Yeah. Like, I don't have a problem with... with Johnny Knoxville, he just feels miscast as Leonardo. As Leonardo, that just seems weird. I mean, Leonardo was the leader. Yeah, he was always the leader. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe he, he could be great. 
I'm not ruling it out. Like I, I think no. I've actually seen him in some dramatic roles. I think he has, you know, he's not great, but he's okay. He could he can pull some stuff off. Um, I like the guy who's doing who's actually doing Michelangelo. I think he's great. Uh, no something or other. I think he's I think he's fantastic. It's dep- it really depends on what they give him to say, though. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I think it, I mean I think the crux. So you know so they cat they they made these casting announcements. They're all just basically coming in late to do voiceover work. Yeah. The guys in the motion capture suits were doing the voiceover work on set, and actually the guy who was doing Splinter on set uh, was the guy who was playing uh, Kramer's little person friend, the little guy with the beard. Oh, like, that He guy. actually did the motion capture for Splinter, and so he was doing the voice on set. Um, oh, that guy. But, like, I, I mean, for me, personally, you know, Leonardo might be the leader, but the emotional core of the Ninja Turtles, for me, has always been Raphael. Uh, yeah. And as far I as was, I know... I always liked him the best because he's I'm yeah. kind of snarky and... No, I mean, and he's kind of broody. He's got kind of a, you know, I, 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 I always dug Raphael. So I, I feel like I'll be curious to see if they end up recasting that as well or if they stick with the guy who did the motion capture. I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. know. But I, he feels like he might be, and I'll, maybe they're going to reassign those roles. Maybe Leonardo's really going to be the guy in this movie. I don't, I don't know. In the live action ones, Raphael was always sort of, yeah, you know, the one we cared about, you know? Yeah. There was also, uh, speaking of Days of Future Past, there yes. was, you know, we're starting to see a lot more of that marketing. A new trailer for that came out not too long ago. And a goofy couple of posters. Yeah, and this Mystique Carl's Jr. ad. Have you seen this? <laughs> no, thank oh, God. Oh my God, it's an ad for Carl's Jr. with Mystique, but it's not Jennifer Lawrence. It's just somebody in a Mystique costume. And the whole point is it's like she's eating this giant, beefy, manly burger that's so manly she can't eat it by herself. She has to morph into a, like, trucker guy in order... To eat the burger that is so manly. Well, it's the most... Propo- and it literally, the tagline is, man up to eat this burger. Yeah, that's gonna go over great. Yeah. Fucking idiots. I don't understand. Like, and Carl Jr. does this all the time. Like, I just don't... Just it does don't, generate... Just don't bu- get it. You know what? It gets does, people talking. It does generate buzz. Yeah. I don't but, know. You goddamn idiots. Uh, they cast a Dr. Doom, uh, a guy, Toby Kebbell, who's kind of a... Uh, uh, youngish uh, British guy. He's been in a handful of things. Um, well, you can't go I, wrong with a youngish British guy. I know. Well, I thought they were going to go. I kind of thought they'd go with a big name. I also kind of we talked about this. I kind of yeah. thought they'd go with a big name. I also kind of thought they'd go with a woman, um, which was a rumor buzzing around for a while. Mm. We'd get Victoria Von Doom, but no, we you know we, we're he's uh, Josh Trank is kind of sticking with this vaguely familiar face, but mostly unknown. And I mean, look, it's yeah, that's. That's what he's going to go with, then it's either going to work or it's not, but I kind of love it. The other thing that was really fun, uh, I don't know if you saw this this past week, is the trailer for Lucy. Uh, it's another Scarlett, jo- Scarlett Johansson movie. Lucy. It's uh, directed by uh, Luke Besson, who did Fifth Element and huh, all no. sorts of crazy action stuff. Um, but I, I, it's, it's really fun. It's, it's dumb. It's got that whole, like... Human beings only use 10% of their brains oh, conceit. One of, it's, it's one of those But things. it looked really entertaining. It looked really fun. And so I, I'm kind of okay with the stupid as long as it's entertaining, you know? Yeah. I think that, I think that probably just about wraps it up. Uh, there's yeah. chocolate souffle to be had, and it's almost Game of Thrones o'clock. So, okay. Uh, so uh, this is probably going to be one of our shorter episodes, which is probably good, because these things need to be shorter. So Yeah. Uh, next week, we will be... Uh, I'll, I'll leave it to you, Bart. I'll leave the choice in your hands for next week. I think I next week was... We, uh... have, we have two options. Okay. Either way, we're seeing cheap thrills. Oh, oh okay, okay. We're seeing okay. cheap thrills, okay. definitely. Sure. Because I fell in love with this movie a year ago. I've been waiting to watch it again. And the fact that it's playing in a theater at midnight, like, that is the ideal situation to watch this movie. Yeah. We are going to see that movie regardless of anything else. Yes, the other option, we could podcast that. Even though I've seen it already, we could podcast that for sure. The other option is Noah, which I really want to see, and I feel it would make a really interesting podcast. And next week is kind of an off week. There's nothing really big or interesting coming out next week. Uh, whereas I think the following week, Johnny Depp's Man in the Computer movie, Transcendence, comes out. Right. And after that, we're pretty much off to the races with summer movies. Transcendence, I am not sure what to do with Transcendence because I haven't seen her yet. Okay. And I feel like... Those two go together. I feel like one is an evil version of the other one. It could be. I mean, one almost feels like the evil precursor to the other. I mean, I, thematically, they're going to be very different, I think. Well, yeah. No, certainly. But I'm a little worried it's just going to be Lawnmower Man. 
I I mean, I think that, yeah, that feels like the much stronger connection. It feels like modern-day Lawnmower Man. In fact, it feels like if they had the rights to remake Lawnmower Man, they would have called it, they would have taken this script and converted it into Lawnmower Man. Yeah. Um, But I'll I'll leave it to you. Cheap Thrills in Midnight or, uh, or Noah... Um, I, I, either one, I feel like will be, make for a really fun recording. Um, I think we should do Cheap Thrills. Okay. And we'll hold we'll off. We'll get to Noah. We'll get to Noah. Because I'm not in any huge rush to see it. And honestly, shit hits video in six weeks now. True. So, we can do five more podcasts and then do Noah. That's, that's fine. All right, so Cheap Thrills next week for sure. Uh... For you listening, uh, wherever you may be listening, uh, it happens to be playing in Boston at the Coolidge uh, this coming weekend, the 11th and 12th uh, at midnight, which is where Bart and I will be going to see it. Uh, But it's actually available right now on VOD uh, to the general public, so uh, you can probably find it on VOD through your cable provider. Um, If not, uh, you can definitely find it on iTunes. Uh, I believe also on Amazon and Google Play, um, or you can go to uh, drafthousefilms.com and you can uh, rent it or stream it from there as well. Um, And man, watch it, because it's incredible, but you can watch it alone if you want to, but the correct way to watch this movie is with as many other human beings as possible with as much alcohol as possible. Uh, that's the right way to do this movie. Uh, that's the way we'll be doing this movie next weekend, and uh, and we'll be podcasting and commentating all over it. Amen. Um, Amen, indeed. Uh, so until next time, uh, my name is Daly, as always. As always. Uh, as always, my name is Daly. You can find me uh, at dailyscreening.com uh, on the Twitters, uh, at dailyscreening, uh, or on Facebook as well, uh, and Bartholomew remains a internet ghost. Most of most of the intelligence community is exi- convinced that I don't exist. That that sounds <laughs> probably correct. Uh, thank you once again. Have a lovely evening and a fantastic tomorrow.